0: All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV
1: Management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton.
2: Coast, as always, over on the East Coast. TomBardenSports.com, the man, the three-and-zero man today. Tom Barton, Tommy, a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh,
0: telling you, man, three-zero always, always feels good. I was telling you guys before what happened today. I said, you know, look, I've been battling about 500. It's been about 500, and all of a sudden, what comes up? Yeah, I got a nice little three-and-zero day. day. Feeling Feel real, real good real. about it.
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting week nine in the National Football League. We're going to, of course, jump into that, as we saw. Um, I, I want to say we saw some, some separation with the power teams and maybe some some deficiencies, and we're definitely going to get into that. Make sure you stay tuned, hour two. We're going to talk college basketball as we get you ready for the, the upcoming NCAA college basketball season. But I, I know we wanted to leave off from last night, Tom, that there was a a pending Aaron Rodgers story happening after this week where, of course, he's out due to the, the COVID situation, and Jordan Love got the nod today. I didn't think he looked very good at all. I mean, he looked good at the end, but, look, you know, I didn't think he was uh, – look, He he's not Aaron Rodgers yet, let's put it that way, and they looked deficient offensively, but – Talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation, because I know there's something about this that you had want to talk about. Not necessarily defending him, maybe defending the stance, but him, of course, making himself look like a jackass at the end of it. Well, well yeah, you, you know, know
0: look, well, Tim, Tim, let's, let's be honest, be honest. Uh, there's, there's, no there's no love, love lost between, between me and Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't even he doesn't know why. why I am. But there's but no love lost between me and Aaron Rodgers. The Aaron reality is here, though, Aaron Rodgers is right 100%. And he's also hundred percent wrong. And, it, and it, it's, it's more so of, Aaron, of Aaron Rodgers being Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, handling, handling things, things wrong, wrong, Tim. I mean, that's I mean, what that's we're, what looking, we're at looking, at looking at with at Aaron, Rodgers so look at Aaron Rodgers here. So you look at Aaron Rodgers and you go, okay, was he a hundred percent right? Was he hundred percent wrong? What, what was the situation? Yeah, Tim, he was a hundred percent right. He is right in saying, I have an allergic reaction. He is right in saying, I contacted, I contacted my doctor. He's right He's in right saying, saying I have the I have ability to not, to not take, to the take the, the shot. shot. He's, He's right, right in saying, saying that uh, the, shot the shot is not really, really for professional, professional athletes. Athlete. He didn't want to put it he into his, 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 his body. His it has had adverse effects. Effect. It, it is ineffective. It has now been it proven, now proven been that it's actually ineffective in less than 50% of the cases. If you have natural immunity, all the things that he said was right. It was all, right. was all right. But here's, but here's the thing, Tim, he went, about, he it went about it wrong. He went out intentionally and out lying, intentionally lying, intentionally misleading people, uh, intentionally, intentionally went about, about it as blasé as we, as we expect Aaron Rodgers to go, about, to go about just about just everything. About and everything, and everything that he's, everything he's done, done in his, his life has, has been, been like this. this. But, Tim, but, I'm going to go one step further, okay? Because you call him a jackass, and I go, you know what? He is And it's typical Aaron Rodgers when he's doing this. But did Aaron yeah, have, have, much, of have much of a choice? And, and let me pose this to you. Because, because we've, we've seen, seen professional athletes come, athlete come out. We have seen, we have seen Carson, Carson, Carson Wentz come out and get, and get, get ripped, ripped apart. apart. Now, Carson Wentz does the right thing. He runs off the field with a mask on. He, he you know, stays away from people. We watched Cole Beasley get raked right through the coals. Not trying to be funny, but true. We watched the woke mob come after Kyrie Irving, come after Lamar Jackson. So... In Aaron Rodgers' defense, a little bit is, you know, he was a coward here, okay? He was a jackass. He was a, jackass, he was a coward. He was a coward, all these things that you want to call him. But I don't know if he and had much of a choice in He, and he and knew that the, that the irrational, irrational woke mob, mob and, the, the and the irrational maniacs, maniacs. were going to come after him, him, no, him matter no matter what his, his decision. decision. But he did handle it wrong. He handled it like he handled everything else in Aaron Rodgers' life, which is me, 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 me
2: first. first. How, how did this come about, though? I mean, why wasn't this something – is it because of the, the test result? Is that the only reason this came up? Yeah, well, yeah,
0: here's, well, what, here's happened. what happened. Because because he's because he's blatant blatant the media. media. Again, he's, again, completely, he's completely, completely wrong, wrong there. Wrong there. With, with the with NFL, the NFL pass, pass, which is a ridiculous, is a ridiculous rule, rule, but look, right, look you know, you I'm for, for, uh, whatever, whatever rule you put in place, in place. If, you if you come up come with a up positive, positive test, test and you're and vaccinated, you vaccinated, you have to you have, have, two have two false positives
1: positive, uh, or, uh, or two on negative, uh, negative, I should, I should say. Say, even say, say,
0: even if it's false positive, you have to have two negative tests before the next game. If you are unvaccinated, even if it's a false positive test, you have to sit out 10 days. That's just That's their rule, okay? Saquon okay. uh, uh, Barkley had a Bars false had a positive, positive, positive test this week, week, week but, but, but he's vaccinated, so you know what? So you he had to get, to get, to get, to get two, get two false positives positive, uh, uh, or two, or two negative, negative tests on his false positive, and he would have been, allowed, would have been back. allowed back. If he had not he been, had vaccinated, been vaccinated, back, they don't even care. They just don't even care. Oh it's, oh, it's a false positive, positive test. Test. We don't, we don't we'll say we still now it's for 10 that days. That's what the, That's NFL, the NFL came, came to. to. That's what the NFL, the NFL players, players Union, union decided. decided. So the minute that we knew, okay, Aaron Rodgers was not allowed to return until this Saturday. Well, well, in order not to told, well, it's not vaccinated. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you said I'm immunized. You know you what? Know so, what am I, so am I, Tim. Because, because, because had I had okay, COVID. Okay? I just okay, had I just it over the, the, over the summer. summer. I, am, I am, immunized am immunized. And my, and natural, my natural immunity, immunity is, is better than any, than any, any, of, any, any of your shots, shots out there. there. Okay? okay. But I'm not walking around telling people that I'm immunized because that leads them to believe that you had the shot. And that is, and that is uh, it's uh, disingenuous uh, it's so, so that's how that's we all found that was, was not this, not this big conspiracy against it, it. And, this, and this, you know, know all, this all this the media is trying to get me, me. No, no, I, I mean, these I mean, are the, the, rules, rules, the, the rules The rules that minute we knew you couldn't, knew couldn't play, you this play this week And not on Saturday Until Saturday, the practice team That's where we knew your status
2: And if he tests negative this week Then all's back, he'll be back in the saddle Sunday And this will be just a footnote I don't know, I don't about, know
0: that. about that, Damn. I'm not I'm sure. Not and see, and that's me, the that's thing. thing. It's it's not, not that, that cut, cut and dry. Cut first, of all, first of all, he's not, he's allowed, not allowed back, back into to the, into facility, the facility, facility until Saturday. Until Saturday. And now, and look, now, we, look know we, we know that the tests, the tests are, are really, 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 really uh, just, uh, just not reliable. We've we seen percentages, percentages of 40% of all of tests tests false, 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 false negatives, negatives, and they're just and trying and to trump up the numbers. numbers, and numbers and it look, St. Goldberg is at a false positive. So what if he comes so back and he's still got a false positive? can't play. He can't play. He can't play. And then, and then and he, he does, does. you he know, does. He's, he's been out for days. days.
1: We don't know we what don't his know symptoms
0: what are, are does, does, does this. Um, this. I mean, um, the, I mean COVID, COVID kicked my butt, my butt man. man. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, was, it, was it was bad. bad. And and maybe, and maybe, maybe he doesn't have any symptoms. Bad. Maybe his holistic people have been able to keep that down. I don't know. But we don't know his status for Sunday's game at all. And then you have to come up with the idea that the NFL might suspend him. They're investigating some Halloween parties he went to with the two other quarterbacks what that what all, that all was, was, and then you have contact tracing, tracing and, and they might take draft picks away, they might, it away, it they away, might they find him, and they, they might spend him. him. There's, there's, a, lot there's a lot of talk about suspending him for him a game on top of, of him missing this game, game which would which make, make sense, sense. Okay, they so so spend so it for next, next, next Sunday. So I don't think we have any answers to what is going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. This goes beyond Aaron Rodgers just being kind of the jerk Aaron Rodgers and lying to people. This goes to a whole new level of, uh-oh, now the NFL caught you on now the might
2: made them look stupid. And in, in reality, you brought up the the point. It's all about Aaron Rodgers. And again, today, possibly cause his team a chance at a win. If he's if he's out any extended period of time, Tom, you know th- that great start they got off to. All of a sudden, you come back to earth, and, and you know you could be talking about a situation where, if this goes south quickly, Packers are in deep trouble. But Tim, but it's Tim, about him being a coward. coward, and he's, been, he's a coward been a coward his entire, entire career.
0: career. Look, look if, if Aaron Rodgers stood, stood up and said, I'm, "I'm not taking this because I because consulted I consult with my, my doctor," and look, and look, Aaron Rodgers' doctors like is like our doctors. doctor's Everyone's going, Whoa, so "Whoa, he went you to went you know a crazy doctor." Aaron Rodgers is worth tens of billions of dollars. I'm sure he went to you know somebody qualified. And look, he got advice from his doctor. My doctor told me, "Okay, I'm Tom important here on Long Island, New your doctor, doctor told, told me, listen, me, listen, you don't need the shot. You, you, the shot. you, already, had you to already had your immunity. Your immunity is, is fantastic. My, my antibodies were crazy. were crazy. All right, great. All right, great. So, so am I going to go, go to my doctor's advice? advice? No, no, no if he sat that. and said look, said, look, my doctor, my doctor said, I'm, I'm, said I'm, I'm allergic to something, to something in one of these strains. My doctor also said to me, There's more risk of putting this in my body than not putting it in my body. There's more of a problem if I put this in my body. This is an issue and he stood up like Cole Beasley, like Carson Wentz, like Kyrie Irving, and he said that. I, guys, I would go, you know what, I, I support Aaron Rodgers. But he didn't, he hid behind it. So this wasn't selfish because he didn't get the shot. And a lot of, you know, we, we know the, the, you know, the people uh, that are bashing Aaron Rodgers right now are going, see, he's selfish because he didn't get the, no, he's not selfish because he didn't get the shot, he's selfish because he tried to hide it. He's selfish because he tried to lie. And he's selfish because he might get trouble for lying and trying to hide it.
2: And he's selfish for trying to pass the blame on to somebody else.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's, it, he did that interview on the Pat McAfee show, which I thought was typical Aaron Rodgers. He was flippant. He was annoyed that he had to be answering these questions. But he was saying correct things. And that's what bothers me so much about this, is that the guys that have gone out there and stood up, and the Kirk Cousins and the Carson Wentz and the Kyrie Irvings and the Lamar Jackson, the mo- most of the guys that have stood up, the DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins have stood up with legitimate reasons. DeAndre Hopkins said, look, I saw somebody, one of the guys that lives on the block for him, completely healthy guy, uh, you know, took the vaccine and got immediately sick. I don't want to do that to my body. I, You know, these guys had legitimate reasons and you listen to them and you go, that makes sense. I got it. Okay. Uh, I, I understand why you're not making this decision. Uh, good for you. With Aaron Rodgers, he had all the right things said. Everything that he said was accurate, that they don't know what's going on with this vaccine. It's clearly 100 percent we know that it's ineffective, right? I mean, I mean we just know that, that there's faults to it. We know that you need the booster shot, and now the NFL saying that you have to have a secondary booster shot, and the NBA saying you have to. We know that. We know that there's been problems. We also know that professional athletes, at his size and weight and just physical uh, specimen and the, what he is, it's so minuscule that he's going to get really sick or, or God forbid, die. It, it's the, the, the odds, there's nobody that is getting it like that but I can tell you guys that lost their careers because they did this so Aaron Rodgers is right he's right with the statistics he's right with the numbers he's right to be concerned he's right with his decision he's right he's right he's right right. but Tim how he went about it it was just wrong and then going on Pac McAfee and instead of saying here is why giving your list of reasons he was almost annoyed Mm -hmm. almost irritated well you know The journalists are after me. Oh, they're they're all after me. No, they're not, Aaron. You were caught in a lie. Stand up to it. You know, I would have rather him turn around and said, look, I saw what you guys did to Wentz. I saw what you did to Cousins. Look at what you guys are doing to Kyrie. That's why I hit it. I would rather him admit that he was the coward rather than be the coward and continue to be the coward.
2: Well, in the absence of Aaron Rodgers cost the Packers today, they drop a 13-7 decision to Kansas City. The pack now seven and two, as uh, Jordan Love struggled in his first start with the Packers. More importantly, though, on the winning side of it, Tommy, you know, I know you hit on this over at Twitter at Tom Barton Sports. The Chiefs, with the win, they moved to five and four. You know, in a West that's, you know, they found they find themselves right there in the mix again in the West as these teams were not able to take advantage of of this. I'm not, you know, I'll call it a slump when you look at the Chiefs, even though they've won the last two games. They've done it very ugly, ugly. And Patrick Mahomes, you've called it. He's not right is the way you said. And it's a perfect example again today as this team mustered barely 250 yards of total offense. And and Mahomes himself didn't even break 200 passing, Tom. He's, (laughs) look, Patrick Mahomes
0: is just not, I said he's not right. He's not a good player right now. I mean, let's just be honest. Patrick Mahomes, you're in a catch-22 because he's got all this talent. He's already had success. So he's not going back to basics because he never had the basics. One of the reasons why, uh, you know, what he was in college was nothing but a gunslinger. And one of the reasons why he fell in the draft was people were not sure he was coachable because he was pure. He just had pure talent. And he came into a perfect system in a perfect situation. And now, guess what? It's like adjusting, you know. In, In baseball, you get that rookie Wall, and then they struggle, and you got to adjust. Patrick Mahomes has to adjust right now, but the problem is, is that he knows his successes have been so monstrous and so out of control that he goes, I don't have to change what I'm doing. I can still do jump passes. I can still do this. I can remember before the year how he was chuckling, and it was a big joke that Patrick Mahomes still doesn't know how to read a defense, and he admitted to everybody, Yeah, I don't know how to read a defense. Oh my God, can you imagine once Patrick Mahomes learns to read a defense? watch out league except he still hasn't learned to read a defense he still is looking downfield he is still i I mentioned this on uh my waterbed show this morning uh, on sports guard network and i mentioned that the play that was a touchdown last week travis kelsey didn't have either and he had nobody around him for five yards on any side of him and it was a touchdown but Patrick Mahomes made a jump throw, threading it through in between two guys and a nice touchdown. Pat, Patrick Mahomes got it done. Travis Kelsey is walking on the, off the field shaking his head going, I was wide open. And you watch a couple of times, Jarek McKinnon, who was the check down receiver uh, last week um, against the Giants, two big plays. Jarek McKinnon was by himself. They needed to pick up first downs. He was clearly past the first down marker. What did Mahomes do? Went deep trying to look for a Hill. He did it today in a couple of spots. Trying to go deep. He wants it all. Well, you know what? The little check down would work. And you watched Jared McKinnon late in that game. Started to get that check down. He started to go, okay. And you saw the frustration on Patrick Mahomes' face. The one thing I will say is I've never seen Travis Kelsey visibly angry. And he was annoyed and angry. And he had bad body language last week against the Giants this week he got himself a touchdown there was still two or three plays where you could see Kelsey just almost going what, what are you doing Patrick like what what are you doing the man has massive talent probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen but speaking of the guy that we just talked to before time that talent has to be translated into something and this isn't a one game two game kind of slide here. by all intents and purposes, Patrick Mahomes has not looked good for a year and a half now, right? I mean, this whole season and parts of last year, including the Super Bowl, where he looked pretty downright bad. And everybody blamed the Bucs. Wow, the Bucs were amazing. Yeah, they were. But Patrick Mahomes also didn't look very good. He doesn't know how to read defenses. He's always trying on pure athleticism. He's always looking for the big play instead of the safe play. And he's not a coachable guy right now. Do I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to fix this? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. But I talked to Joe Valerio. He used to be the offensive lineman. Uh, does a podcast uh, for Kansas City now. He used to be an offensive lineman for Joe Montana, right? So that guy's got pretty good insight. And I asked him after week three. I was stunned at the response that I got. You guys can go check it all out at the, the podcast. It's Wagering Week. And I said, Joe, do um, you think that, that Mahomes going to fix this? Do you think the Chiefs are going to fix this? And he goes, no. <laughs> flat, flat out, no. No, I, I think that things are too broken right now. And I was stunned. I almost fell off my chair, Tim, because at that point we all just thought, "Ah, it's a blip in the road, right?" Kansas City. I think it was after week three or week four, and it was a blip in the road. It was no big deal. Kansas City's just stumbling a little bit. He said, "No, uh, you know, we went over that, and we, we talked a little bit off the air about the, all of the problems about uh, of the defense, sure, the running game and the lack thereof, uh, absolutely, but also of Patrick Mahomes." Now you can tell me this, and and I will run with. The idea. Patrick Mahomes still doesn't have a running game. Patrick Mahomes uh, is playing with Tyreek Hill, still banged up. Travis Kelsey is not 100%, and the defense is you know kind of just a sieve at this point. So Patrick Mahomes knows these things. Is he fighting an uphill battle? Sure. But just what we're watching is alarming. It's really alarming. Right now, you're not talking about Patrick Mahomes as an MVP. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes as a very middle-of-the-pack quarterback
2: when you peek ahead, very important division game next week for Kansas City. In fact, they'll be here in Las Vegas, Tom, to take on the Raiders. This is the Sunday night game, and the opening line is Kansas City minus two and a half on the road in Sin City.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's such a tough game. I think I have to lean the Raiders, though. What I watched from Darren Waller for three quarters of the game today would have had me picking the Chiefs because Waller didn't look good. And then all of a sudden, he, he, he suddenly looked good. And you go, wow, okay, he's back. Carr's playing at an elite level. I love the pass rush that they get. And the Raiders at home, they're going to be juiced up. My worry is this, is that the Raiders are flying from the East Coast to the West Coast. They're jazzed up for this game. Coming off of the loss, I do think the Raiders are overrated. I've said that all year long. Uh, but right now, Kansas City is just... They're just broken, and we all continue to sit back. Sports bettors and, and, you know, just fans alike, all just keep sitting back and going, "All right, it's going to click." Like this is the week it's going to click, right? I mean, this is wait, wait, no, no, this is the week it's going to click. No, 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 this is the week it's going to click, and it just hasn't clicked. You know, from a sports betting perspective, I'm not going to go anywhere near this game uh, because I do fear Patrick Mahomes just starting to click. I fear that all of a sudden I'm going to wake up and Patrick Mahomes is going to go out there and he's going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and it's all going to kind of be fixed. Uh, But nothing I've seen this year and nothing I've seen going back to last year's playoffs tell me that's on the horizon. But I do, I am scared of it. I do fear that. In that case, I'm probably leaning the Raiders with
2: the points. On the other end, Rodgers' status still questionable, Tom, but the line is back at home. As the the, uh, Seahawks come in off a bye, Green Bay five and a half. This is
0: all about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, right? We can't really talk about this game unless we know that. There is a lot of speculation that Russell Wilson will be back for this one. There's a lot of speculation that Chris Carson will be back for this one. Uh, We don't know the status of Aaron Rodgers. Fully healthy Wilson, Carson, Rodgers is in here. I'm taking the points all day just because I think it's a three-point game and they're that close. But I don't know the status of anybody. I can't go anywhere near this game. Uh, If Jordan loves plays, you got to take the other side, and I don't care if it is Geno Smith.
2: We spent a little bit of time last night talking about the New England Patriots, Tom and Mac Jones and Belichick, and and how the Patriots are starting to build towards that future. Another nice win today, albeit against – just a busted quarterback and Sam Darnold. You talk about a guy—the tale of two seasons—and we're only in week number nine. He has just been atrocious the last five games. They put up just six points against that Patriot defense. The Patriots win twenty-four to six, and guess what? They're a half a game behind Buffalo for the lead in the AFC East. Get Tommy back on. It looks like he got bumped off the air though. So to win by New England. Puts them at 5-4 and four on the season. Buffalo, which we're going to talk about here in a second, just still shocked at what happened in, in today's action with Buffalo losing that 9-6 game to Jacksonville. So just a half a game separates them there. And, and really, the key to this game, it's been the Patriot defense here in the last few weeks, is that they've been able to stop big quarterbacks from putting up big points on them. And today, like I said, Darnold is, is busted. Um, three picks. He, there may be a quarterback change there for Matt Rule in, in Carolina. But Mac Jones, nothing spectacular. F- efficient 12 of 18, 139 yards, touchdown, interception. But they ran the, they ran the ball effectively today. 151 yards on the ground for the Pats. All right, we are back at it here on a Sunday night. Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Tim Munglesby, Tom Barton with you till midnight. And Tommy, before we had some technical issues, I was speaking about the New England Patriots are now a half game behind Buffalo in the AFC's Chase as they dominated Carolina 24-6 to today. I mean, Sam Darnold had a lot to do with that. His ineptness now at that position for them got to think there's a quarterback change coming in Carolina, but how about Belichick running the ball today, over 150 yards rushing? Mac Jones was efficient enough to get the win, and like I said, at one half game behind Buffalo in the East. Yeah, you know, listen, the Patriots are that
0: team that you start to look at, you go, yeah, that this, this is a dangerous squad. I mentioned it last night. I think that they are a playoff team. I think that they got a good stretch here in the next couple of, couple of days, and you know, this is Belichick. Everybody already gave
1: Brady the win, right? Didn't they,
0: they? They gave Brady the win in the divorce, we'll call it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: he, he got it. This is what Belichick wanted. If you remember, during Brady's first, you know, as the quarterback, they won with a running game, really good defense. And what has Belichick been doing the last couple of years? Spent one whole draft on nothing but defensive players. The next draft came back all the two defensive players. He, he drafted Sony Michelle. Then he drafted Harris, even though he had Michelle on the roster. Then he drafted Stevenson, even though he had Harris on the roster. He drafted Taylor, even though he had uh, White on the roster. He's going. I, I'm going back to two tight end sets. I'm going to go spend on that on the offense. Two tight end sets, big guys up front, run the ball all day long. And while the rest of the league, and we mentioned this last year, the rest of the league says we're going to throw it all over the place. The rest of the league says we're going to air it out. Belichick's going, we're going to slow this thing down. We are going to beat people up, and we are going to play my kind of football. Tim, you know, it's working. It's really working well, and he's got the perfect quarterback for it, too. Got the quarterback. That you know what? Look, kind
2: of doesn't matter who you are back there. Just play efficient, and that's exactly what's happened. Big, big te- be a big test coming up next week, though, for for them. When you really look at who they're playing in Cleveland, the team that the defense came alive against Cincinnati today. So the line comes out, and the, the Patriots, Tommy, are two and a half point favorite at home against the Browns.
0: Yeah, I think the Browns, uh, we didn't get into that, but I think the Browns are going to be a little overvalued. I think that this line starts to creep towards the Browns. I still think that the, that the Patriots have a team, you got to remember, just by the, the manner of which they have it, they have a team that doesn't lend people to like to bet on them because, ah, eh, they're boring, they run the ball, play defense, you know. But the thing is, is that if they are able to – Slow down that running game. And, look, Belichick, we mentioned it last night with Christian McCaffrey. Belichick takes away your biggest thing. He's going to dare Baker Mayfield to beat him. And, as a Browns fan, that scares you. And it should scare you. If you are daring Baker Mayfield to beat you, that is not a good situation. I think that that's exactly what's going to happen here. And, you know, you look at can Mac Jones do anything against what Cleveland defense has. That's what the key is going to be here. Because that Cleveland defense is absolutely fantastic. This is one of those games where I don't even know what the total is yet, Tim. I know tomorrow night's game is set at 39. They should be setting this total at like 36. Because I, I do. I think it's going to be run all day, really tight, really low scoring. And both of these coaches are going to be psyched to have. It. If, if this is a 9 6 game, they're going to be excited for that.
2: Cleveland, New England?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, 40,
2: me. 44.
0: I love, I love it. it. I, love I love the
1: under. The, <laughs> you know, you
0: look at If you sat Devansky down right now and you said, "Okay, next week, you know, you're you're, 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 you're gonna win a game where you don't score a touchdown and neither does uh, the other team," he's gonna go, oh, "That's my kind of football." If you have <laughs> Belichick, you're gonna do the same thing. You know, you're gonna win a game next week, but you're not gonna score a touchdown either. The other team. All right, good. Hard nosed football. That's my kind of football. They to both in, enjoy that kind of football. I love the under. Love it.
2: Well, I mentioned they're a half a game back of Buffalo because Buffalo today. That, I'm still in shock at what happened here. Jacksonville 9, Buffalo 6, that's the final score. What the hell happened in Jacksonville?
0: I, I don't know. I didn't see it, Tim. I, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching the tape. I'm not watching the rerun. I'm not watching anything. <laughs> this is where you get yourself into trouble. There's there's a game every year that, as a coach, um, you, know, you just throw away. You take it throw it in the garbage, garbage belt, you never watch it again, you don't talk about it again, you don't look at it again, and that's that. Okay? And that's this game. I think that, you know, if you, you want reality of what's going on, I think that Buffalo needed um, this. It might not be a bad thing. Buffalo came off of a bye week and obviously came off of a bye week going, ah, we had a great time with our families and it was cool and we partied and we had a couple of drinks and... Yeah, we got Jacksonville, that's ah, like an extended week off, but uh, no big deal. I mean, that's how they approach the game. And that's what the results look like on the field. Now, do I think that it's going to happen again? No. No, I don't. I don't like the late double digits Tim. I don't know if the Jets
1: score a point. And that's
0: the thing. Look, everyone's looking at uh, Buffalo and going, oh, you know, Buffalo didn't have a good game. The defense had a great game. And the defense has had great games all year long. It's the offense that didn't have a good game. Do you You think think that that Josh Allen, Allen, a MVP candidate last year, a leading MVP candidate this year who who just just struggled against against Jacksonville, do you think he's going to have two bad games in a row against the Jets? Jets? I don't. Absolutely not. What happened today, if you watch that game, was, and I don't want to take anything away from Urban Meyer Jacksonville, but I'm going to, um, Buffalo beat themselves. It wasn't a great showing by the defense. It wasn't anything more than... Josh Allen and Buffalo just not playing up to their potential. I think they go out and absolutely
2: destroy the Jets next week. Yeah, they were fourteen and a half favorite at Jacksonville. They're going to be thirteen against the Jets at New York. Like you said, it's not we're not getting a repeat performance. And if there was a a look past game, it it's already happened. So I think yeah, I agree with you. You get the best Buffalo next sunday and the jets are just a mess anyways
0: Tim, you know it's always good to ask somebody that that is invested into this.
2: and you know i have
0: buffalo winning the super bowl before the game today I had buffalo winning the super bowl i feel good i feel really good about that after the game today i got buffalo in the super bowl Tim, i'm still fine with it i, yeah, I i'm still okay with it right? I, I mean my opinion of the of this team is not going to change because of one game. And in the same vein, my opinion of Jacksonville doesn't all of a sudden change because they beat Buffalo in a, in a tight game. My opinion of Jacksonville and my opinion of Buffalo is exactly the same despite this game. Maybe I'll be If they go out there and they, they lose to the Jets, look, uh, we're going to have a different conversation. But if all is right with the world, they go out there and they spank the Jets. All right, nothing really changed. Fluke game, no big deal.
2: Let's go to San Francisco where Kyler Murray was out. Colt McCoy back in the saddle of Tommy. How about that name? Colt McCoy in, and he looked pretty good, 22-26, 249 yards and a touchdown. But James Conner, a favorite of yours and mine, almost 100 yards on the ground, but he had two TDs, uh, rushing one through the air, and the Cardinals 8-1 and one now with the 31-17 win over the Niners. As underdogs, <laughs> by the way. It, it's, pretty
0: it's pretty funny, Tim, because... You know, when Colt McCoy was announced, when it was announced that Murray might miss the time and Colt McCoy's going to be there, you know, I said, I wonder if Colt McCoy is not better than 10 quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> you know? And kind of kind of got laughed at about it. I'm, I'm, but I'm going, wait a I can make a compelling argument that he's better than Tyler Haneke. I can make an argument that he's better than... Uh, whatever the Jets have going on. I can make an, an argument he's better than whatever, whatever Houston has going on. Right now, uh, you, know, you know, he's better than, to me, he's, he's better, better than, than Teddy Bridgewater. To me, he's better than Daniel Jones. To me, he's better than, than Jalen Hurts. To he me, you know, know, and, and all, all of a sudden you start to have these conversations. conversations. He's better than two and Perth. You know, you start to have these conversations, you go, oh, yeah, you get to 10 pretty quickly. And you go, can can you get to 15? So is there a way that Colt McCoy is the top you know 15 quarterback in the league? I don't know, but he's certainly a top twenty, in my opinion, and that's the drop off. People looked at this as a backup quarterback, and I'm not looking at it
2: like that. I think it's more like, what are you expecting? You know, he can manage an offense. He's been an NFL quarterback for over a decade, so he he knows what he's doing out there. And um, really, that offense, and and you know, they were hamstrung with no Hopkins today, obviously, but they have weapons there, and I think. Everybody was on the Niners with all the guys that were coming back. We saw Kittle come back, have a touchdown today. But there's deficiencies there in San Francisco, and um, Arizona was able to to take advantage of it. And I think, you know, I'm not going to say this a lot, Tom, but Kingsbury was better than Shanahan today.
0: Well, Shanahan's very overrated. I think we realize that now, how overrated Shanahan is. But I don't think Kingsbury's a good coach. Um, He's proven me wrong. You know, I mean, he's gone out there and he's proven me wrong. He's never won. All of a sudden, he's winning. You, you can argue right now that the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL. I won't be saying that, but you could argue it, sure. I still think that Watt being out is going to come back to hurt them. I, I still believe that if you went up against uh, you know, if you, if you played this game ten times, you're probably going to lose seven of the ten times. Today was just one of those
2: three. So peek ahead next week, opening line, Carolina in town take on the cards 10 the number
0: got to be in what was going on with murray but i kind of lean carolina everyone's finally down on carolina they're awful they're terrible oh my god this is it is the worst team ever um if murray's not 100 percent if hopkins is not 100 percent i don't see this team running on them like they did i don't think james connor's going to have that kind of game ever again in this career
1: i don't think that
0: um they're going to be able to effectively run the ball in this manner. So I would be on Carolina plus the double digit.
2: Sunday night football, we saw the, the Tennessee Titans knock off the Rams on the road, 28-16 Tennessee. No Derrick Henry, but it was all about the defense tonight for the Titans as they just shut down Matt Stafford and, and McVay's potent offense. This was a big win for Tennessee. Tom, they now won five in a row. Still long-term, what are we looking at for Tennessee? But it was a nice win tonight.
0: Look, I I think this game was a product of the Rams going out there and cleaning up on garbage teams. And we made a mention to it last night, right? They've beaten up on nobody's garbage teams. They are one and one against any team that would possibly make the playoffs. And and the one win came in week three against Tampa Bay at home. This is a team that was doing things that, oh, man, the Rams are the best team in the league. Really? Who did they beat? They didn't beat anybody. Now Tennessee comes in. And they really did expose them. I think that Tennessee exposed this team more than they played up to their abilities. Tennessee didn't have a great game today, offensively at all. Was, you should not be happy that Nick got eleven, you know, yards uh, through the air and only three catches. You should not be happy that Antonio Brown, uh, I'm sorry, uh, AJ Brown dropped uh, what two or three first downs. You should not be happy that Julio Jones still looks banged up. You shouldn't be happy that Adrian Peterson looked like the third-best back on the field. You shouldn't be happy that Ryan Tanner wasn't looking good. This was a pure defensive effort, but this was a game that the Rams lost, not necessarily that the Titans won. The Rams had the most penalties in the history of Sean McVay, and by a lot, they had over 109, 110 yards of penalties. That's insane. This was a game the Rams lost in. This wasn't exactly a game that the Titans went out there and won.
2: Initial thoughts, Tennessee back home next week, two-and-a-half, New Orleans the opponent.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't like what I see with the the Saints, with their offense. I don't like that. I don't like what I see with Tennessee's offense. Uh, This is another under game for me. I kind of lean the Saints. I sort of lean the Saints, strictly because I think the market is going to be all over Tennessee.
2: And the Rams, they'll be next week's Monday night game at San Francisco, field goal favorite. For
0: LA, I, I mean, you got to take the Rams. I think they clean things up. Um, there are certain types of games that you lose where the coach just loses his mind, and this this was one of those games. Penalties galore, mistakes all over the place. I think McVay could clean this thing up.
2: Denver goes into Dallas and crushes the Cowboys, thirty to sixteen. A surprise. I would say maybe not surprised in in the win per se, Tommy, but a surprise in the way they did is they defense again. Talking about defense, dominated Dax Prescott. He wasn't able to get off much in this game at all until the very end when it, when the game was already uh, said and done. As far as Denver, it was, a, it was an efficient mix. Bridgewater two forty nine in a touchdown, but Javante Williams one hundred and seventeen on the ground. Tom and uh, Judy that you talked about him last night came back had a big game, six catches, sixty nine yards. They just shut him down, and and this game was over in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, look, I I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in Dallas other than, you know, Dak looked banged up. C.D. Lamb had zero targets going into the fourth quarter. It was terrible. Dak missed C.D. Lamb on two huge plays that could have turned this game around. Uh, You know, Elliott wasn't running effectively. Pollard wasn't running effectively. The defense was a mess. They couldn't stop uh, Javante Williams. They couldn't stop anything that Denver was doing, this is another one of those cases where I, I almost want to just throw it out. Tim, I think that Dallas is a lot better than what we watched. I don't think it's it just one guy. I don't think this was just, okay, just back in the problem sort of situation. This was the entire team, which is not firing on any cylinders. The defense looked good in spurts, but you look up and you go, how is, how is Teddy Bridgeall moving up and down the field us?
2: Well, Dallas gets a chance at redemption. They'll stay home as Atlanta comes in. Atlanta, winner at New Orleans State, 27-25. So Dallas, Atlanta, and the Cowboys, a nine-point favorite Sunday.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, everyone just continues to look past Atlanta. And Atlanta right now is in the driver's seat,
1: right? Is it Atlanta
0: right now in the playoffs? Yeah. Everyone keeps looking past Atlanta, looking past Atlanta, but I think you have to in this case. This is a spot where it's a get-right game for Dallas. It's the right opponent to get right again. Um, the, the spread is nine pretty much across the board where I'm saying I expect this to get to double digits, maybe even above. You're going to see the Dallas money there back at home. I think Dallas writes the ship.
2: We kind of touched on the Raiders a little bit earlier, Tommy, but they had they and You said you could see this game going either way, and it was close. It was close most of the way. The Giants, though, pick up a win at home 23-16.
0: Yeah, look, the Giants were playing a lot better. And as underdogs, this team just keeps cashing for betters. And you look at Daniel Jones as an underdog. He just keeps cashing. This game could have went either way. I think that they completely misused Darren Waller early in the game. He just was not targeted. And then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, he sort of broke out. but It was almost too late. The Giants are that pesky team. They're, they're a solid team. And if you overlook them, if you give them a chance, if you give them an opening, they've played real well the last couple of weeks. After that embarrassment against the Rams, the Giants have played real well. There's nothing to hang your head over. This is a tough spot for the Raiders, a lot tougher than people gave them credit for, which is also to say, you know what, it was also the week before Kansas City.
1: It was also a week
0: where they lost that deep threat. By the way, they just went out and signed to Sean Jackson. I think that's a fantastic signing for this team. I mentioned that you need somebody to stretch the field. So I think that the Raiders are, are, are going to be just fine uh, overall after this game. This game doesn't set them back as much as I think people believe that it will unless they go out there and they lose two in a row. You lose two in a row, they lose next week to Kansas City, all of a sudden the conversation is, uh-oh, is this the same team that we've watched the last two years crumble and fall
2: apart? You know, speaking on the Giants, they started the season 0-3. and three. They're now 3-3 three and three in the last six, so 3-6 and six overall it doesn't look like much. But like you said, they're a completely different team. This, If you want to break the season into thirds so far, this last three-game stretch, they've looked pretty good, and that's without uh, Shaq Barkley who's been out, so they get a bye week next week, Tommy, and hopefully a lot of the, the injuries can heal up, and they'll be back in two weeks maybe with a, a healthy team. At least healthy at that point.
0: Yeah, I think it's too little too late, but they are a, a team that... Look, if they would have beat Kansas City, I, I think we would have all been going, okay, now we got to watch the Giants, right?
1: That was a tough
0: tight game, but they, they wound up losing. And even though they won today... I think that that's the game that's going to be the separator here. The Giants have always been a, a team that you look at and you go, if they're, if they're healthy, if this and if that. What's weird in New York here is that we still don't know if Daniel Jones is the guy, and they're going to have to make that decision after the year. We still don't know if Daniel Jones is the guy. And now he's had year after year to prove it. He's had eight teams this year. Tim, is Daniel Jones the guy?
2: Maybe. Right now he is. Right, Tom? Right now he is. But there's still eight more games to go, Tommy. So we'll see. Yeah. This it's, this next one, I, not I a know. guy, I would
0: open up the bank
2: account for. No, I, I agree. I agree. This next game, I, I don't know how much we can spend on it. it. Was I didn't watch a minute of it, and it was by by all means, from what I what I was able to read and watch highlight wise, it was atrocious. But the Dolphins win 17-9 to break their seven-game losing streak. Houston loses to continue now an eight-game losing streak. Tyrod back, Brissette for Miami. Both quarterbacks combined to throw five interceptions. Neither team with 100 yards rushing. Somebody had to win this game, and it was the Dolphins today, Tom.
0: Yeah, look, uh, it was backup quarterback against starter slash backup quarterback. It was an ugly game, gross to watch, exactly what we had just assumed it was going to be. And the Dolphins are in that weird position as well. All right, you know what? You get a nice little win here, but you did it with a backup quarterback. so You still don't know if Tua is your guy, right? We, we have no idea. Uh, I mean, this is – what are you going to say to Miami? It's, I think that Brian Forrest put it best in the post-game interview. Ray asked Brian Forrest, and he said, no, the win is always nice no matter how the win comes. Who the win comes against, the win is always nice. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. No, he, look, let's not celebrate about just this one win. It's a terrible team, and we didn't play effectively. We didn't play too good, uh, but we walked out with a win. I mean, that's how this team wound up being, and that's who Miami is this year.
2: This next game was a winner over at TomBartensports.com. The L.A. Chargers, Tommy, twenty-seven, twenty-four win at Philadelphia. Justin Herbert, 356 yards, two touchdowns through the air and the Chargers first place in the AFC West at 5-3. and three.
0: Yeah, a flawed team, but they got it done. I still don't understand you know, how they can even play close here. Justin
2: Herbert, you want to talk about
0: Mahomes not looking good. Justin Herbert came into this going, eh, maybe he's not the, the chosen one. Well, he looked real good here. I didn't like the play calling early on. They didn't get Austin Eckler involved. I didn't love the idea that this team let Jalen Hurts kind of go up and down the field on them. There was really no pressure from Bosa coming in they got to clean some stuff up. But at the end of the day, look, your first-place team, you went on the road on the East Coast. You got the win just like I thought that they would. But they certainly struggled a lot more than I believe they they should. Um, I think this division is still very wide open.
2: Next game, also a winner over Tom Barton, sports.com, part of his 3 and 0 day. Make sure you check out Tommy's website. 3 and 0 NFL today, and it was Baltimore, Tom, in overtime behind Justin Tucker's game winning field goal. 34 31, they knock off Minnesota at home. Down 17 3 at one point in this game. Baltimore basically scratch and claw their way all the way back into this to win it in OT. And I know everybody wants to talk about Lamar Jackson, Tommy, 386 yards total offense. Has Marquise Brown become a number one receiver this year another great game for Hollywood?
0: Yeah, he really has. You know, he went through that streak and this was a couple of weeks ago. I don't have it in front of me, but he had gone through a streak of dating back to last year. You know, 13 or 15 games where he either caught 80 yards or a touchdown. Yeah, that's the number one receiver, Tim. And now with the addition of Bateman, that is really spectacular. Because now you, you have a passing game. Lamar Jackson has three viable guys to go to um, you could say that his weapons are better than Mahomes' weapons, right? I mean, you have Brown as your number one, Andrews as your two, and now all of a sudden you do have Baton. But what I was impressed with was the idea late in the game when Minnesota knew this team wants to run the ball, they want to slow it down, they want to play just beat us up football. They knew that, and On Bell was the guy doing damage, absolutely looked uh, just young, he looked spry, he looked uh, angry out there. I like to see that. I like to see when a team goes, all right, look, here's what we're going to do. We're lining up. We're going straight into you. And we are just tougher and better, bigger and better than you. Try to stop us. And that's exactly what they did against Minnesota. That was, that was, on the scoreboard, it wasn't a statement win, Tim. It wasn't a win against some big rival. It wasn't that. But that was a statement win in that locker room, that we are stronger and tougher than you. And we went out there and we proved it. I thought it was a Great, great win for the Baltimore Ravens, too. When you really break it down, and we were talking about you know, who's the best team, you know, in the NFL, the Ravens are on a very short list to be in that conversation.
2: I have a friend who's a Ravens fan lives in Baltimore, and he, he messaged me today. He's like, these guys, they, they really um, make you sweat these games out. You know, and I'm like, well, I'd rather be a come-from-behind team, Tom, than a team that has, you know, no reason to be – in playoff talks, and when you look at this year, obviously Week One, a nail biter that they came up short. But come from behind win against Kansas City in Week Two, come from behind win against Detroit in Week Three, come from behind win against uh, Monday Night Football against the Colts. They did it again today. It just seems like they have a knack at when the game is on the line, they, they find a way to get that win.
0: Pretty funny that Lamar Jackson's entire career has been marred as the guy that if you get if you're going to leave, they can't come back all they do is run, yeah.
1: right?
0: And that has completely changed, and this team is completely changed. My worry with this team is no longer in the office. My worry with this team, and you know what I've said, once Marcus Peters went down, you could throw on them. And you could, You watched it today, Jefferson, I texted you. Why are we not doubling Jefferson here all day long? And Jefferson got open. He was open on a missed throw by Cousins or else it would have been a massive day for him. It worries me when you're going to go up against Josh Allen in the playoffs. It worries me when you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to go face uh, you know, a, a team like Kansas City potentially, a team like the Raiders potentially. I think that if you look at it like this, Baltimore is better than everybody in the West. And yeah, I know San Diego. I, I don't care. Um, I, they're better than everybody there. I think they're better than the Titans head-to-head because I think they match up really well with the Titans. I think they're better than everyone in their division. Buffalo is the only team I think that they really struggle with. So if we're talking about best teams, and that's going to be the new conversation, um, yeah, I think Baltimore's on a short list. They may be the best team in the AFC.
2: Baltimore with a short, short turnaround, Tommy. They'll head to Miami for Thursday night football, and the Ravens a seven-point favorite there at Hard Rock Stadium.
0: I don't like laying a touchdown on the road. I don't like laying a touchdown on the road on a Thursday night, on a short night. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. But there is no way you can take Miami in this spot. You know, I mean, there's just no way. And I don't like, by the way, I don't like taking a team that is off of an overtime, right, going on a short week. So there's a lot against Baltimore, and I'm putting this out there now. If Baltimore throws up a sinker, they throw up a a Buffalo today, right, and they go out there and Miami beats them. Do not overreact, guys. The next week you come back and you absolutely pound Buffalo, Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, the Ravens, because I think that there's a chance that they could have that letdown spot on Thursday, Tim. I don't like laying the touchdown. A
2: couple more games to look at for next week, then we'll take the top of the hour timeout. How about we talked about the Chargers home against Minnesota, the team that just lost to Baltimore, and the Chargers are a field goal favorite. Now,
0: look, I think you have to like the Chargers here. The Chargers' talent just skews my mind every now and then. Minnesota's a really good team. Minnesota could be having a fantastic season. if by a couple of balls bouncing the right way here or there, right? They missed a the kick. Uh, this game should have went their, their direction. They, they could be a team that you're talking about and go, yeah, you know what? Minnesota's for real. But they just don't have that that oomph, you know? You lose to Hunter. Harrison Smith was announced out at two hours before the game time. I had an announcement live on the air this morning. Uh, that's a big blow. I don't know the status of him, but you're missing these your two defense, best defensive players. I don't know when this Chargers offense is going to click back again, but it's almost like Kansas City. I'm waiting for this offense to click the way that I think it's going to click. Could it be against Minnesota, who is missing their two best defensive players next week? Yeah, it certainly can be. I am Staying away from the game, Tim, it wouldn't surprise me if Dalvin Cook ran all, all over this team and Minnesota won, but I think you got to go Los Angeles.
2: Philly
0: in Denver, Denver three. Uh, I said it last night, Philly's an awful mess, and I don't really care that they played well today. They're still an awful mess. The, the disparity today of just quarterback play between Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert was astonishing if you watched that game. How far behind Jalen Hurts really is. He's got some weapons. Uh, I'm not overly encouraged about them. I think you got to take Denver. I know Denver's banged up. I know their defense looks bad. I know they're coming off a big win. But I think they, they found their groove on offense. The weapons are just massive. They, 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 I said it last night. You throw in Noah, a healthy Noah fan, you got Albert O, Noah fan, two running backs, four wide receivers. They have the best offensive weapons in the game. But they just don't have the quarterback that gets you excited. I think it's got to be Denver.
2: All right, Tom. Last one. Jacksonville coming off the huge win will travel to Indianapolis to take on Carson Wentz and the Colts who put a beat down on the Jets Thursday night and the Colts 10 at home.
0: I mean, you got to love the Colts. And you got to love the Colts to absolutely just manhandle Jacksonville here. Here's the thing with Jacksonville. Everybody feels good about a win and look at what they did to Buffalo. Look at what they did to the Buffalo offense. Um the offense for Jacksonville was still stagnant. And the offense for Jacksonville couldn't get it done against Miami. They couldn't get it done here. They got the, the offense still can't do anything. We know that the Colts are going to be able to run the ball because they're running the ball on everyone. They don't need to rely. Uh, look, the Buffalo doesn't just run the ball, right? So Jacksonville, Jacksonville's able to play well there. I think Jonathan Taylor's a big game. To me, this is just one of those. Uh, it's back to basics for you know the Colts. They have extra time to prepare, extra time to prepare for a division opponent. The culture streaking in the right direction. John Sattel is a big game. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville, you had one week in the line. Like, not
1: have
2: to do it. Tim Munglesby, Tom Barton, Heat Wave Sports, Super Sunday Night Edition. We come back from the timeout. Hour two, we're going to talk NCAA basketball, give you our season preview and our predictions. Who's going to win March Madness this year? Tom might have a couple – future plays lined up that he might throw out to us here, our lucky listeners. And we will do that after the timeout. We'll also look at Monday Night Football as Tommy's Bears are in action against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All that on the other side of the break. It's Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Do you like yelling at technology? Listen anytime on your smart speaker. Just tell it to put on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK Las Vegas. The Heatwave Sports show is owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV management or any of their advertisers.
2: Our 2 Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas, 989 FM 13:40 AM. We're with you every Saturday and Sunday night at 10 o'clock. And here you go, Tom. Here's your programming note. We are off next Saturday due to Vegas Golden Knights hockey. So next weekend, Sunday night only, make sure you check out our Twitter pages at Tom Barton Sports, at HW Sports, as we'll have our free plays up on Saturday night for Sunday. Tom, we are through so nine weeks, 18 games. We're sitting at 12 and 6.
0: Tim, can I give can I give my uh, Patriots under right now? <laughs> can, I, can I lock in the early line uh, of the Browns Patriots under the forty four and a half? Is
2: that, I'm going to I'm going to give it to you. Yes, I'm going to give it <laughs> to you. you forty four and a half under Brownies, New England. But you have all week to change that pick. Yeah, I, I have all week to change. I'm,
0: I'm just kidding because we're not going to be around on Saturday. <laughs>
2: So week nine will wrap up tomorrow night, Monday Night Football. Tom, you get to watch your Bears in action as they head to the Steel City to take on the Steelers. Pittsburgh, a touchdown favorite over your Bears.
0: You know, I think I like Chicago here. I really do. This is not a homer pick. Do you know that the Steelers have not won a game by more than eight points all year? You know, when this line was sitting and it opened up, and this line originally opened up, and you're going, all right, um, you know, it so opened up at a four-and-a-half four four half or a five. five. depending on where you were. You go, all right, that, 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 that's, that's doable. doable. All right, okay. okay. Now it's up to seven. I, I want you to go to seven-and-a-half today, Tim. It's seven-and-a-half circa. So, <laughs>
1: seven-and-a-half, well,
0: the Steelers haven't won a game by more than eight. Now let's look at what the lines makers are telling us. 38-and-a-half at MGM is the total. 38-and-a-half, Tim. They expect a close, tight, you know, lug kind of game. In that game, do you want to be laying A touchdown or more? With a team, you know, look, it's in Pittsburgh, Justin Fields. I, I don't have any faith in Matt Nagy uh, to let him be this effective player. There is conversation with Dave Montgomery. come back. I don't even know if that's going to throw them off or not. Khalil Mack might miss this game. Jackson might miss this game. Hicks might miss this game. The Bears are banged up. But I don't care who it is. If you can't score points. And that's, that's the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. They, have they have not scored more than 23, 23 points yet this season, Tim. This, this entire year they haven't scored than more than 23, 23 points. points. They only did that so one. Let's so let's just say the they have an offensive, offensive breakout and they, they score. score 23 points. You don't, you don't think, think that the Bears, Bears can get, get to, it, you know, 16 points? So I, I mean, that's what you're, you're, that's, that's what you're doing. You're setting the Bears over-under at 16. Do you think that they could go under that? You're setting the Bears up for, you know, a fluke defensive touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger, who is like, Ranked second to last in air yards uh, for downfield attempts
1: against this Bears
0: defense. I'm looking at this game and I'm going. I know everybody is on Pittsburgh. I can't advocate for my Bears winning this game. I mean, they might, but I can't. Not the way that they are. But you, you can't lay more than a touchdown or a touchdown with a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: And again, a lot of it, like you said, is going to be based on how Justin Fields, Justin Fields performs. I think if the if the Bear line. Gives him time, Tom. We've seen him been able to to do what Justin Fields can do. We saw it in spurts last week against San Francisco. You know, we've seen it as he's become more comfortable being a starting quarterback, and he's not running for his life.
0: Will he, Matt Nagy allow him to do it? Man.
2: That I can't answer because he's so unpredictable. That you know, I see why you guys have gray hairs about watching the Bears play. I, I think you're right. The total says a lot when the spread is seven. So. Ben Roethlisberger, look, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. We know that. And, and the, the, the loss of uh, Smith Schuster is huge because I don't think Johnson or Claypool have necessarily stepped up to, to take that absence out of there. You know, I've seen um, Najee Harris be more productive here in the last few weeks for the Steelers. So if it's a slow it down type of game, I, I think the Bears can hang in there. Yeah,
0: and that's, and that's my point. point. I mean, this it's is strictly, strictly about the point here. But you know, money line? Am I taking the Bears? No, I'm not going anywhere near a money line game. But if you're telling me I'm getting a touchdown with a team in a defensive battle and offensively inept Pittsburgh Steelers against H AG, D still still a decent Bears defense, yeah. I mean the, the points are just a lot, and the fact that everybody, everyone's trying to make up for the Sunday night, where they got blasted. I told you I kind of liked the night. Um, they got blasted. I think everyone's going to be running to Pittsburgh. It's at seven and a half, circuit now seven across the board everywhere else. I think it's going to be seven and a half across the board. It might touch eight in some spots, Tim. And you look at that and you go, "Yeah, eight from a team that has not beaten a team by eight more than eight this year." That's uh, that's a tough spot.
2: Tom, can can we tease the Bears to fourteen under forty five?
0: Uh, I don't like my teasers. I don't like teasers, <laughs> but you know what? You've proven over the last uh, you know what. What, three years, four years, you've been red hot on the teasers. So, yeah, I, I can't argue with you. By the way, you know I hate teasers. I might have a teaser next week. I might have to do it. I okay. might have okay. to do a little how – about, how about a three-gamer? How about a little Colts, Dallas, Buffalo?
2: A Tommy teaser.
0: Tommy teaser. Colts minus one, Dallas even, Buffalo minus two and a
2: half. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. If it, if it
0: fails um, – Make sure that every single listener goes. That's why
2: Tom doesn't do these. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll stricken that one. That one's not an official play unless it wins, Tom. Uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, a, yeah listen, I,
1: I'm
0: not. I'm not, <laughs> not those uh, No, <laughs> not an official play at all. I might. I might throw <laughs> like <50 bucks>. about <laughs> that Right,
2: right. All right. Well, that'll wrap up Week Nine NFL. So next week, remember, we're off Saturday. We'll put our free picks up on the on the Twitter sites at Tom Barton Sports at HW Sports for week 10 and then back Sunday with the week 10 recap well Tom we've saved a nice chunk of time here because I know we want to kind of get in depth with this the college basketball season kicks off this week you're excited I'm excited you're you're doing wonderful uh, conference previews over on your new YouTube page I believe you said you're gonna have one going up tomorrow is that correct for the next uh, conference
0: Actually, I put up the uh, Pac 12 just before we went on the air about an hour ago. So, um, right now, the only ones we have left are tomorrow afternoon. You guys are going to be able to get the Mountain West. Late tomorrow night uh, on the East Coast, so pretty much, uh, you know, about, probably about 9, 10 o'clock your time, you're going to be able to get the Big 12. And then that's it. Tuesday, it kicks off. So, I have, yeah, guys, please look to go to my YouTube channel. It costs you nothing. Go to the YouTube channel and press subscribe. I had 582 views on my Big East college basketball preview. The Big East is getting more attention than anybody else. Uh, SEC coming in second at 278 views. Each one of the videos, they're about you know, 12, 15 minutes or so, guys. Um, and it's just me kind of breaking down the conferences. I see a lot of value this year. And Tuesday, we have, I don't know, about 500 games going off. So Tuesday is going to be insane. Did you see the slate of games going off on Tuesday, Tim? It's absolutely not.
2: And, and really, it's, this is the first, Tom, official full season since the shutdown. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of excitement.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's, um, it's a spot where I can make a real good And I say this every year. I can make a ar- good argument for a couple of teams. This year, I think I can make a good argument for about 15
1: teams, which is
0: rare. I say every year that March Madness is the biggest fallacy that there is. Now, I love it; it's my, one of my favorite times of year. I love that weekend. I love everything. But when we always hear,
1: "You never know
0: what a twelve C can do," actually, I do because the twelve C has never won either 10 eleven, ten, nine. You know what I mean? An eight doesn't really have a shot. Seven doesn't really have a shot. You know, you kind of got to be a one through five C, and let's be honest, you got to kind of be a one or a two C to really do damage here. So it's kind of a joke, but. This year, I'm looking at it a little bit different. You know, this year, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, all right, I can make a, a serious argument here, Tim, that there's three or four ACC teams that could win it all. I can make a real good argument that in the Big Ten, you got three teams to win it all, that you can win it all. So you will go to the SEC. I think you can have four or five teams that could cut down the net. You're talking about almost 15 teams. That, the Big East, Big East has got three or four. The Pac-12 has two or three. Right? The Big 12 has three or four. You're talking about, uh, I could make a compelling argument for maybe 15, maybe 20 teams. And we didn't include the Gonzagas and the Houstons of the world. St. Bonaventure getting some love. I don't think they're cutting down the net, but they're getting some love. So this is a cool season because there's so much turnover. So many freshmen we don't know about. So many transfers. Oh, man, the transfers are crazy. That It gives that level of excitement. We don't know. Coach Cal is going to have an old team. They're all brand-new players you know. there, but Calipari's going to be an old team because of this transfer portal.
2: Well, let's kind of just mosey around the conferences. Let us know who uh, some of the surprise teams are, some teams that may contend, and then kind of who's going to be the bread and butter of these respective conferences. And, and we'll start in the ACC, Tommy, where – it is Coach Krzyzewski's last season, so that's the big storyline heading into this college basketball season. Can they win one for him on the way out? But when you look at the ACC, you know again, a tough, tough conference. Are they the best conference this year in college basketball?
0: No, it's a down conference this year, and don't get caught up in the Coach K hype. This is not the same Blue Devils team. Look, they already set the over-under at 27.5 for them. I think it, it, it goes under. Uh, when you're talking about sports betting, by the way, they were 9-15 against the spread and 3-11 the last 14. They were terrible. Everyone just assumed they were going to turn it on. They have a lot here, right? The offensive efficiency was a strength last year. It should be good again. Um, you look at Wendell Moore. He didn't look good. And then all of a sudden he started to kind of figure things out. Mark Williams, 7-foot, 5-star recruit. He's going to be uh, you know, fantastic if he can get things right there. But, look, we're talking about Duke. They had problems last year. They have, they're going to have the same sort of problems this year. They were 265th in field goal percentage last year in the, on the defensive end. What? 276th in defending the three, Tim? What? You know, Duke is going to be a good team, and Duke might win the ACC. They have that kind of talent. But I think that they are overblown, over-talked about, definitely overbet from the line-maker's perspective. I'm going to try to make money on Duke against Duke this year. And to me, you look at Duke and you go, do they get to the Sweet 16? Yeah, I think they're a Sweet 16 team. Are they an Elite 8 team? Maybe. Maybe they are. And that's where I sit, and that's where I end. I'm, I'm seeing people, them cutting down the net, and them going to the Final Four. Don't get caught up in the Coach K hype, guys. Don't get caught up in that hype. I think they're stealing as an Elite 8 team.
2: What about Carolina? New coach, Hubert Davis. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard enough to follow a legend when you look at Roy Williams, but he's coming in with a with a team that's they're predicted to be right there with Duke to, to right at the top of the ACC but I think Florida State again we always look at Leonard Hamilton's team every year in the mix and of course Virginia just a few years removed from a, a national title and they they Tommy you know you talk about transfers coming in they, they picked up a nice one in uh Jaden Gardner from East Carolina he averaged almost 20 points a game last year so I think those are got to be your top four teams in the conference
0: Yeah, I don't know how North Carolina did it last year. They were uh, just one of the worst perimeter shooting teams. They were just big underneath. You look at North Carolina this year; um, they were only blown out five times all year. They lost five games by uh, just a couple of points here and there. They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. But you know, again, they're not. We're not talking Final Four for them. We're you know might not even be talking Elite Eight. Louisville's the team that you forgot. I think Louisville could be pretty good. Remember, they had no COVID. They, because of COVID, they had no NIT last year. It was a weird year for them because they were waiting around. They were kind of on the bubble. This team is going to be a good defensive team. I think Virginia going to have a down year. Um, you know, Hoff and Hauser both entered the NBA. How do you make up for that? I know I like Tony Bennett. Florida State might be the team, and, and I'll throw a couple of bucks on them. you laugh about Florida State because, ah, you know what? They're not one of the, the, the blue bloods there. But you know what? Leonard Hamilton, what has he done since he's been there? He's led the Seminoles to 20 wins in 12 of the last 15 seasons. And they are consistent contenders, finishing either first or second. Seemingly all the time, he's got bigs underneath again. 7'1", player, 7'3", junior, 6'11", sophomore. They're going to be good defensively. I got Florida State winning the ACC, and that's not me being a Florida State fan. I just I like the value and I think that they can do it underneath. Leonard Hamilton just does not get the credit because he doesn't do things in the tournament. This team's not going to the final four, but I think they can
2: win the ACC. Anybody else in the bot or the middle or bottom in the ACC? Of course, Syracuse, uh, Notre Dame, picked towards the bottom this year with with Mike Brays team, and you know that's a team returning their top three scores. Any surprises there, or, or maybe somebody undervalued?
0: Yeah, Notre Dame's returning everybody. Yeah, you know they, 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 that, That's something. Um, but I'm all over Syracuse. I am big time on Syracuse. It wouldn't be surprising to me if this team really, really, really improved. Um, they have three of the top four players coming back. Bayon's coming back. He's going to be one of the best players in the conference. They look really good on their shooting ability. They're just going to shoot people out of, the, out of the building. And, you know, that could go very far. During the regular season, that'll be exposed a little bit. When tournament time comes, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another Sweet Sixteen run.
2: But we have Duke. You have Florida State winning the conference, and what? How many teams do we get in the tournament? Six.
0: Yeah, yeah, six, and, and yeah, I got both North Carolina and Duke. You got to put Florida State. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to absolutely put Syracuse. I, I, there's a chance, you know, well, definitely Louisville, and then. Virginia, and There's a chance seven because Notre Dame might be able to squeak in. I'm going to say ACC has a pretty good year. It's deep, even though it's not top-heavy.
2: I'm going to say they get seven. Okay. Move on over to the Big Ten where Michigan, Tom, last year 23-5 and in winning the Big Ten Conference. They made it all the way to the Elite Eight under Jawan Howard. Again, has to be looked at one of the favorites in not only the Big Ten but but overall. Purdue also looked at as a favorite this year in the Big Ten, Illinois, maybe Ohio State, right? Maybe Maryland.
0: Yeah, and, and don't forget Rutgers. I, I, I like Rutgers on opening night, by the way. Don't forget Rutgers.
2: This, uh, Geo Baker and Ron
0: Harper are back. This team looked really good. I think Michigan State's going to have a down year. You know, you look at Israel and you go, well, you can't have two bad years in a row. Eh, in this conference, yeah, you definitely can. Maryland's a good team on paper, very good coach. I expect them to fly under the radar early on, and then all of a sudden they're going to quietly rack up a bunch of wins. And They're going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. All of a sudden Maryland's good. Indiana, people are all hot on. Ohio State, I actually think, is going to come back to the pack a little bit. Illinois, i got to see where Coburn's uh, head is at. You know, this guy wanted to go to the NBA, then decided not to. Then he wanted to transfer, then he decided not to. I think Illinois is going to be very dangerous. Everybody likes Dickinson in, in Michigan. People are saying that Juwan Howard, number one recruiting class, they're going to cut down the net. Him? I am all over Purdue. I got Purdue winning this. I have Purdue going to the final four. Jaden Ivey looks like he's going to be a breakout guy. They have a one-two punch there. This team is deep. This team is experienced. They return all of its eight top eight scorers, and the eight scorers are coming back. Are you kidding me? In this turnover age, that's what you're returning with? Um I'm looking at Purdue and I'm going, they were freshmen last year. They've grown up. They did a lot of stuff. I am on Purdue. You know, I know everyone's got Michigan. Give me the Boilermakers. And I got the Boilermakers going to the Final Four. They might cut down the net. Then.
2: Yeah, they got a good head coach there, Matt Painter. And I think when you're looking for value, right, it's easy to say, Tom, well, we're going to take Michigan. But value wise, what are you getting? Three to one to win win the Final Four? Purdue. What are they at? Five, six to one.
1: So to
0: go to the 12th, well, to win this this uh,
2: conference at twelve
0: to one to go and win and cut down the nets, to be getting more than fifty to one odds on Purdue. Oh
1: wow!
2: I'll take it. Got to take it, right? I love it. Give me Purdue. I, I think that's one of your future plays, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been looking at my site. <laughs> uh, I can read between the lines sometimes, Tom. Some- what about a team like like Iowa? You know, obviously the losses that this team suffered with two guys going to the NBA, a 22 win team last year. You're looking for some regression there, uh, but it's it's a deep conference. I mean, you, Wisconsin again, kind of a kind of a new squad as they brought in six new players for that that fold. Where do you see the, the Big Ten as far as overall teams heading to the Big Dance?
0: Uh, you know. I, I think it's going to fall off there. I think there's there's seven teams you could potentially push eight if you if you you know, feel as good about Rutgers and Ohio State as I do. Uh, but the, the Iowas of the world now they're falling off, man. You can't lose that kind of power. And re- remember, they've always been pretty bad on the defensive side of things, right? So yeah, I don't see Iowa. I don't see Wisconsin having a good year. And I'm even in, I'm in the camp that so I think Ohio State is going to struggle this year, Tib. So you know, I'll say another seven for round symmetry, but this is this wouldn't surprise me because they're really deep. This wouldn't surprise me if if there's an A team that sneaks
2: in. Big 12, a lot of people like Kansas this year, Tom, to win the title. I'm looking at 14 to one odds over on the uh, offshore accounts for. For Kansas, but Texas right there as well with them, Chris Beard in the fold 14 to 1. Those seem to be the top two teams there. A little little bit of steam on Oklahoma State, even though Cade Cunningham not coming back, and Baylor always right there in the mix.
0: Yeah, you look at uh, Kansas, and you could have got them an 18 to 1 last week or a week and a half ago if you shopped around. Still 16 to 1 is out there, Tim. And that's good value for this team. This team is going to start taking people by surprise. I like them in game one against Michigan State, they get Arizona State transfer Remy Martin, who averaged 19 points a game in four assists. That is fantastic, right? And this roster is just loaded with Rowan and McCormick and Wilson. They are going to be uh, just that dominant team. And you talk about Chris Beard, yeah, Texas has got a lot to come back. You like guys that are transfers, the Cars and the Allens. You like what Beard does. He averages about 24 wins a season. This is just but it, but it is kind of new. It's a veteran squad. It's a lot of transfers. It's a lot of moving pieces. I'm not as high on Texas as, I guess, everybody else is. Baylor, you can't forget about them. They are returning. Uh, they, they have Flagger, They got Mayor. But they are missing a lot. Last season, they were the best three-point shooting team in the country and the best offensive you know, unit in the country, one of the best offensive units. Look, it's the greatest team in the history of the school. You're not going to repeat that. Don't overlook Texas Tech, okay? Texas Tech is going to be low-scoring teams. You look at this. I know you expect some kind of drop-off, but we all watched Oral Roberts. Uh, Kevin O'Banner is joining this team. That's huge. He is a big-time player. I think Texas Tech is getting overlooked a little bit. You said, State. look, they're bringing up 80% of its returning minutes. That's fantastic. They have four transfers, uh, but Cunningham is gone. I just believe that you have to take a step back. And then you can't forget about West Virginia. Huggins is going to be back to what he does. Uh, they're going to have one of the best defenses in the country. Remember the name Bridges. I think that he could be a breakout guy. This is a team. This is a, a conference where Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the, the bottom, here, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Those three teams are going to decide is there six or seven teams that are going to go to the Big Dance. I'm not writing off Oklahoma or Porter Moser either.
2: Yeah. Porter Moser, first year, taking over for Kruger. They do lose their, their top four scorers, Tom, so he's got some work cut out for him. I, I, have, I have the Big 12 was six.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to say six. I think Oklahoma State's the one left out. I'm going to squeak Oklahoma in there just because I have really just marveled at a job that uh, Porter Moser has done. And I like the Duke transfer. Jordan Goldwire comes over there uh, as a defensive standout. And, and listen, religion. you know, I like my, I like my Big Sky, Sky Conference, you know. They got uh, Big, uh, Big Sky, Sky Conference Player of, of, of the Year coming over in of growth as well.
2: Let's move to the Big East, Tommy. A huge, huge conference here. A lot of bids on the line. I think a lot of people obviously think, and I'm one of those guys, I, I believe you are as well, that Villanova is the team in the Big East. UConn, Seton Hall, Xavier will kind of be in that next tier. And then you kind of move off from there with, Maybe maybe a St. Johnny's right, Tommy? Um, maybe a situation where they can make some noise, a Butler. But it's it's Jay Wright, is Villanova, and I think close, close behind, you have to look at Seton Hall, Xavier, and Yukon.
0: Ah, Tim, not a believer in the Johnnies. Let's talk from the bottom up here. Um, yeah, I, I don't – Butler, Providence, Creighton, Marquette, Georgetown, DePaul, all going to have uh, relatively bad years. They're either uh, you know, rebuilding, Shaka Smart's coming over. It's, it's a new thing. Creighton's going to be down. I think the Bulldogs are going to be down as well. They have bad offensive efficiency problems. Uh, Seton Hall is going to take a little step back. They have a brutal, absolutely brutal non-conference schedule. It's just going to be crazy. So I'm not even really sold on them. Um, Xavier is a team. Every single year I buy into Xavier and I go, man, they got a lot of weapons out there, and Xavier's going to be good. And every year they crumble at the end. they got Scruggs and Johnson. Who should be good? And they have seven seniors returning, so you gotta like Xavier. But I am pretty high on Saint John's here. Mike Anderson was, look, uh, coach of the year for a reason. They got Julian, they got Pasha Alexander. You look at the top two scores are returning. Uh, you look at the top scores averaging twenty points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game, twenty-five blocks. Right? I mean, the guy shoots ninety percent from the free throw line. Saint John's is being underrated, even by you here. And then you got UConn plenty of size, you have uh, the, the idea, idea of vote rights going to be down. So you've got to find that dependable scorer. But co-defensive player of the year, uh, Isaiah Whaley, is back, and they're returning for their starters. But, look, this is Villanova's conference. I got them winning this one. Jay Wright, the day that Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Daniels decided to come back was the day I said, Villanova just won the Big East, and are they cutting down the net? I mean, they run the pick and roll as good as Malone and Stockton at the college level. Uh, Gillespie Torres, the MCL, he's coming back for another year. He was the heart and soul of this team that absolutely still were very good last year. Yeah, this is Jay Wright. And by the, by the way, the whole, should he wear a suit on the side. I don't care what Jay Wright wears on the sideline. He's earned the right to wear shorts if he wants. Put him in shorts, <laughs> put him in a Hawaiian shirt, and just go out there and win Jay Wright. I think Villanova wins this conference.
2: I agree. I think they win the conference. I, they're one of my final four teams. I, you know, you said it best when Gillespie... And Samuel said, we're coming back for our senior year. That kind of gave me that extra push of, like, okay, they want to win one on the way out. And I forget Justin Moore there as well, Tommy. So, they, you know, that's a three-headed monster that they, they have there with Jay Wright. And he's the best coach in basketball. So I'm with you. They win the conference. They go to the Final Four. And, you know, the thing about this, this conference, so many teams, but – I only got, again, I'm pushing for six here. I got five for sure, but I'm pushing for that six team. I think they'll get the six, maybe even seven. But, you know, the bottom of the conference is just, it's just bad for me.
0: Yeah, it's all about Butler for me. If Butler gets in, you get your six. You know, if not, yeah. it's the five. Um, I think they are top-heavy. To me, I, got a, I have a very clear five. You know, I know you didn't put St. John's in there, but I do. I have a very clear five. After that, the question is, you know, how much of a step-off is Creighton going to have? Can and Smart all of a sudden bring that program up? I know DePaul, they have an amazing recruiting class, but that's going to take a little time to kind of build that culture there. Butler's going to take a step back. So to me, Butler is the one team that's kind of on the edge. Um, Butler and Keaton Hall, do one of them get in because it is a clear five for me.
2: All right, we're going to take our final timeout. When we come back, we're going to move across the country. We'll hit the SEC next and then move over to the West Coast, Pac-12, Mountain West, and we'll talk about some of the teams that could possibly be winning the NCAA Final Four March Madness. We'll get Tom's pick of who is going to win it. Is it Gonzaga? We'll find out. All on the other side of the timeout. Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. That's 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. We are back. Going through our college basketball preview here on Heatwave Sports Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. You can always get a hold of Tommy or myself over on Twitter at HW Sports at Tom Barton Sports. And Tom, we talked about your three and O win winning day over at Tom Barton Sports. Talked about your new YouTube channel. Got a podcast going on. You're a busy, busy guy.
0: Yeah. Hey. Look. uh, You know. Just uh, trying to go out there and just basically talking sports. I mean. <laughs> That's what it is, uh, winning people money. Look, guys, I want you guys to go check it out, It's TomBartonSports.com. Um, go check out Hashtag STN. Go check out Sports Garden Network. Go check out my podcast, Wagering Week. I'm everywhere. And, you know, what it is is, look, what I'm, I'm out here doing is I'm trying to give stuff out. there. You know, I'm trying to give out information. If you guys go to TomBartonSports.com for a very reasonable price, it's less than 100 bucks. you know for a decade now. I don't call people, I don't upsell, I don't give well giant plays and things like that. No, you just go to the website and they're there all the time. That's bombardensports.com. We could use your subscriptions, uh, you know, you go to YouTube, you watch my video, you get a little information more in-depth than we're doing tonight. You press subscribe. You go to the Wagering Week podcast, go to Wagering Week, uh, you press subscribe there. All that stuff just helps guys like me out so you can continue to hear me on the air, you can continue to hear my information, and can kind of continue to get it. If you want to make money, you go to TomBartonSports.com. you want to be entertained, go to the YouTube channel Sports over there, or you go to the podcast Wagering
1: Week.
2: Tommy, what about the SEC? Again, seems like this conference overvalued in football. Generally overvalued in basketball as well, as, as they always get a couple more teams in the tournament than they, I think we should all agree should be in there. And this year, it looks like the top of the SEC appears to be Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee. You have Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Florida after that. I guess the question is, Tom, I see seven, and do they get more than that?
0: You know, I'll tell you, it is really front-loaded. Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, maybe even Auburn. Those five teams have a legitimate shot at the final four run. Then it's the, it's the next year. Mississippi, Mississippi State, Florida, LSU, all should have subpar years. But you know what? You know one or two of them are going to get in. I'm going to say only six get in. I think that LSU is going to be down. They lost their three leading scores. Okay? That is, is a problem. Um, Mississippi State, look, Ben Holland is below 500 as an SEC coach. I don't care who they have. You know, they have 14th lowest ratings in the country Again, but when you're talking about shifting on defense, I don't like that. You look at Ole Miss, you know, um, they were a terrible shooting team last year. You look at what they do, they play defense, but they're going to have a freshman point guard running a team, a defense, by the way, you're a betting man. 19 of 27 Mississippi games under the total. Uh, that's a team to go out there and take a look at. Um, I don't think Mississippi, Mississippi take get there. I don't think LSU gets there. And if they do, then Florida won't. So I have only six teams here. Auburn is a decent team. I think that they are number five. They could be real good defensively. They have a seven foot one, uh, Walker Kessler there in the middle. They're big. They're athletic. I think they're going to turn some heads. This is a team that might struggle in conference play, but when they get to the tournament, they'll be real good. Arkansas, fast paced crazy team. They average over 72 points per game. They brought in six transfers. I do think that they're going to struggle early on to try to find that, but they are a crazy scoring team that I don't expect a huge drop-off, but again, are they a legitimate threat? No. I think you draw the line with the top three, and we're talking about Kentucky coming back to the fold. They're going to be a heavy bet public team. They have a lot of moving parts, man. I said it. They have one of the oldest teams that Coach Cal had You know because He's not doing the one and double freshmen. Seven new players are coming on, though. They're all transfers. I don't know how well that's going to work, Tim. I think that he's good enough to kind of get it to work for a little while, and they are talented. I don't know how that's going to get it completely to work. In Alabama, there's no replacing Herbert Jones, right? They're not going 16-2 and 2 again. But I do like Oates. I do like that they run real fast. Tim, I'm taking Tennessee to win this conference. They bring back four upperclassmen. They have a big-time transfer in Justin Powell. I think they can be better than last year. And if you remember at this time last year, and really this time the last few years, we were sitting back talking about the Tennessee Vols and going, man, this is their year. And they let us down. I don't hear anyone talking about it this year. I'm taking Tennessee. I worry about Kentucky with a new style of team there, and I worry about Alabama being able to replace that number one
2: scorer. What can we get? Tennessee future.
0: Well, that I made a mistake before. The Purdue future to win the Big Twelve is five to one, and the Purdue future to win it all is twelve or fourteen to one, depending on where you're shopping. Tennessee is fifty to one. Tennessee was who I was looking at when I was reading before. So that is a fifty to one shot for the Tennessee Bulls to win that. And if you want Tennessee, you want to. You know, just take them to win the SEC. You're still getting them at a real good number. You can get them at eight to one or nine to one to win the SEC right now. Yeah,
2: i have Tennessee circled in like my group of, of teams in the, between thirty and fifty to one, Tom. Because you know me, man. If I see a hedge opportunity, those are good odds to have.
0: Well, here's the thing: Tim. they're making the tournament, they're getting out of the first weekend. So you you are going to have an opportunity to hedge. And, and that's a team that really could streak the right direction. This is a team that you can look at and you could go, you, you know, you get into the Sweet 16 and, yeah, you're, you're easily in the money at that point. So I, I think they're safe for that. I'm very high on Tennessee this year.
2: Let's trek across the West, Tom. We'll stop with the Mountain West Conference, of course, home to our UNLV Rebels. But when you look at the the conference overall, and I know you how you feel about preseason rankings, Tommy. Only two teams hit the top 40 from the Mountain West to be San Diego State, Colorado State, Nevada, returning f- uh, six six players last year's team, including uh, Sherfield and Cambridge, who averaged combined 35 points a game for Steve Alford. So they're they're in the mix there for the Mountain West title, and again. When you uh, Boise State, obviously, and Coach Rice has to be looked at. But what about UNLV? Do they find a way to creep into that top tier, Tommy, or are we just too soon for Kevin Kruger?
0: Tim, I have the line at four, UNLV at five. So they're close. You know, they're, they're close. I have the top four teams, and I think that they're right outside that top four. I like what UNLV is doing, you know. They're returning Hamilton and Coleman, of course, um, you know. Coach O is out. You're bringing Kevin Krueger. Oh, great. This is going to be fantastic. It's lots of optimism. But it's a totally revamped roster, right? I mean, it's completely revamped. Um, you know, their they're best defensive player, he's good. and Gilbert is a good player, but is he great? You know, they have Webster. I'm not sure how. Look, he can score, but can he do much else? You look at Josh Baker, somebody that I think you you got to start look, taking a look at. And then it's all about Hamilton. I mean, people are, are making Hamilton out to be you know, the best player in the conference. And I just don't think he is. I think that this is a, has the potential for UNLV. And the potential is everything everyone's talking about. The potential, potential. I will say this. This is the first year that I'm not down further than most pundits. And I've been proven right year after year. Where I think that they are is right about where I keep hearing. I'm not hearing anybody talking about UNLV winning this conference, and that's a good thing. I keep hearing everybody going, you know what? They're second or third place. Well, I got them about fourth or fifth. So I'm kind of right there with them. To me, it depends how much can a completely revamp roster turn over. You've heard me say that a couple of times, but it really does matter when you have all kinds of new, new moving parts and how they're going to adjust and how they're going to come in and kind of gel. So I, like like Webster. Webster. I, I like Webster. I like Hamilton. Hamilton. I, I think, think Baker can, can be good. But can they be, be good, good together? together? And we won't know that until they get on the court.
2: Yeah, I got him between 5 and 7, Tom, and I'm being optimistic, too. I like Kevin Kruger a lot. I think, obviously, he's coached under some great mentors, including his father. But you're right. It's it's a revamped team. And the big the big story with UNOV was that they're bringing in Big 12 transfers. So you have four Big Ten, Big 12 transfers, two from Texas, one from Oklahoma, one from West Virginia. The problem with me is that these were all backups at these respective schools. So yes, they got a lot of time playing against guys that are in the NBA right now, Tommy, you know, all Americans and just overall good basketball players in the Big 12 level. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to correlate to them being stars in college basketball as well. So that's something to keep an eye on because the four, of the four transfers, Williams, McCabe, uh, Iwakur, and Ham, none of them played huge minutes, Tommy. None of them score. You know, we're not talking about big-time transfers coming in. In fact, Mike Nuga is the most proficient transfer coming out of Kent State where he scored 18 points a game. So... There is work to do there, and it'll be interesting to see how they, they craft it together. The problem that I see, and it's an advantage for UNLV, Tom, is that the Mountain West Conference, I think, is down as a whole when you're really looking at the top four teams, and then everybody else is kind of just in that mix.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, to me, uh, you know, Air Force is, is just bad, okay? I mean, they're just bad. They, they try to talk it up to COVID, they're bad. San Jose uh, bringing a, a new head coach. Uh, yeah, that, that, that. New Mexico might have been the worst team I've ever seen last year, ever. They're not going to do it quick. Quickly turn around. Wyoming, it's all about the three-ball. Everything's three-ball, three-ball, three-ball. No, they're not good. Fresno State, 10 new players because of of COVID last year. They finished 1-7. They look bad. Um, You know, the defensive mastermind hasn't really looked like that. So it's the top six. I think Utah State is going to shock some people or can shock some people. I really did, uh, you know, sit back and watch this coach from the UMBC, the American East. Um, I don't love him as a coach but I think he can do good things kind of in this conference. So, I mean, to me, are they five, are they six? all depends on how much you believe in in Utah State. And I just don't think that they're in that top four. Top four to me, look, I think without uh, a question, everyone's going to have San Diego State number one. I don't, but you can't argue, you know, 53-7 over the last two years are these teams. You look at, uh, you know, Matt Bradley, It just looks fantastic, and 18 points per game after leaving Cal, he comes over, and you look at San Diego State, you know, um, what they are, but look, there's a lot of new talent here. Boise State's better, Colorado State's better, Nevada's better this year, so they're not going to have all those wins. You mentioned Nevada, so I'm not going to touch on that. I believe the same thing with you with Cambridge and whatnot. I believe that he might be the best player in the conference. Boise State, Leon Rice constantly has Boise State up there. I don't know why or how. They have a a really good team, very good defense, weak bench. The team that I'm championing here, Tim, I think Colorado State wins it here. I am real impressed with this team. They have a lot of upperclassmen. They have a real good coach. Their defense, actually their defense, um, you know, it's just that man-to-man scheme that frustrates people. Colorado State, they are returning 93% of the minutes from last year. If you have just listened to the last hour, I love the returning rosters. I love no turnover. I thought Colorado State – was going to be one of those teams that you look at and you go, man, everyone's going to be on them. I don't see a lot of people on them. I Not only do I think that they're going to win the Mountain West, I think they spend time inside the top 25. Hmm.
2: Tommy likes the Rams, Colorado State, out of the Mountain West. Let's move to the Pac-12, or, yep, Pac-12, Tommy, West Coast. Obviously, UCLA, a Final Four team last year, returns pretty much everything and adds a huge transfer there as well. Oregon, I think a top-20 team, maybe a top-10 team in Arizona. All the trouble that Sean Miller left there with Tommy Lloyd, the key assistant at Gonzaga now with a chance to make this his program. Those seem to be the top three teams in the Pac-12 USC. I think you can make a case for it in that mix. Arizona State and, and uh, Bobby Hurley with basically a brand-new roster as well. A lot of transfers coming in there for Hurley. What do you like in the Pac-12, obviously, uh, UCLA Gotta look at them.
0: Yeah, not a lot I don't like. I think look, everyone's looking at the back Oh, ah, you were so wrong last year. Well, so was the rest of the country. I don't believe in this whole thing. Oregon State is not getting that back. They lost the top scoring threat. I don't have them making the tournament. Colorado, well, they got Jabari Walker back, but I don't believe in Colorado. Maybe they're the sixteen that gets in. Washington State uh, Kyle Smith finds those guys. I think that they'll be better than people give them credit for. Uh, they'll be in the tournament, but they're not doing a lot for me there. Arizona State loses Remy Martin. I was talking about how good he was. Uh, but Hurley kind of fixed that team. Do you think they'll win in the Pac-12? No. Do you think they're going deep into the tournament? No, I absolutely don't. So now you go to the big three. I think USC is always underrated. Um, they play bad offense. They play good defense. Nothing's changing this year. You know, nothing's changing. So I don't see them as a threat. This is a two-team conference, and it's UCLA, who's plus 125 to win the top conference, and everybody loves Johnny, and everybody loves Campbell, and uh, Mick Cronin, and everything else. Uh, but last year, they got a little bit lucky in that tournament. That tournament run is the reason why people are all into them. I am not betting against Dana Altman. Their teams have finished tied for second or better in the Pac-12 and seven of the last ten years. He gets the best out of what he has. I think this is going to be a lot of unders, a lot of defense, he has just fantastic size underneath the basket. His defense is are his calling cards. It's gonna be once again, everybody's on UCLA. I just see some value in Oregon. I don't have I will say this now, um, and I don't see the, the bracket, you know, apology and all the breakdowns. I don't have one Pac twelve team making the Sweet Sixteen. Ooh,
2: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah I, to me it's UCLA and Oregon and I think bo- I think both of them I uh, have just big vulnerability that people are not talking about. I know everyone's got UCLA going to the Final Four, not me.
2: Yeah, they seem to be the odds. I've seen a lot of people predicting them to win it, too. So,
0: we'll, we'll see how 17 of the top 20 is. scores departed from the conference <coughs> last year. 17 of mm-hmm. the top 20.
2: What about the West Coast Conference? Wrap up our conference looks. So obviously, Gonzaga there, Tom. They, they've had a Cinderella season end against Baylor in the final. They're, they're back. BYU, I guess, is, would be the next best team in that conference. Probably, you, you know, we don't really have to go in depth here. I, I guess I kind of want to key in on Gonzaga. And uh, what you think of them? Again, they're the odds-on favorite to win the title this year.
0: I don't have them in the final four. And it's not because I don't think Mark Few is good, but he lost a very, very, very good assistant. Uh, who was there for 20 years, right? I mean, he, he he lost an assistant. He had to change over some guys. Look, Timmy might be the best player in the conference, I mean, in the, uh, in the country, but it's going to be another week conference schedule. I think it takes a lot to go back to the mountain, and you hear me say this about all sports. It takes a lot to consistently go back to the championship and back to the championship and back to the championship. I just think that eventually Gonzaga's going to have that letdown. They haven't really had it. You can't call going to a championship and losing the game a letdown. Um, They just really haven't had it. I won't bet on them because the price isn't there. And I'm not betting against them to go... They just didn't make my final four. Are they an elite eight team? Sure. And if they look, if they're cutting down the net, they are the odds on favorites for good reason. They would be my preseason number one for good reason. But I just don't have them go to the final four, Tim. I think it's just very hard to climb that mountain. And while they can replace some guys on the court, I think losing your 20 year assistant really has to hurt Mark View.
2: Well, before we give our final four predictions. In, any teams you want to touch on? Do you want to touch on the Ivy League? I know you're, you're the king of the Ivy Leagues, Tom, so, you know, that's a league that really, they haven't played in two years. So that, that's a big thing, because you can't really count on, uh, you know, they were talking about classes. Most of these teams are completely different now.
0: The, the turnover is absolutely insane. Uh, I will say this, look, obviously I'm a Harvard guy. They they have, and I don't think it, this is, anybody would dispute, the most talented uh, by far, but does that make them the best team. Everyone's talking about Yale. I would take Harvard and I will take that talent. Least. I think that talent will gel. I still believe uh, that they have the best. Tommy Amaker is the best coach there. I think the St. Bonaventure Bonnies are a team to watch. I think that this is a team that can get a deep tournament run. I think that they're going to win their conference. I believe that we're going to see the Bonnies inside the top 10 for a lot of the year. They're that kind of team. Um, don't discount Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts has three Joke teams early on in the season, their front-loaded schedule is kind of a joke. Their conference is a joke. And they're bringing back the best scorer in all of college, and I would argue the best player. Now, they lost O'Banner, so I'm not saying Oral Roberts is going to go out there and, and just dominate uh, the way that we, we thought they would. Would it shock me to have Oral Roberts sitting there and inside the top 25 this year? No. No, it wouldn't. And nobody wants to see uh, you know that team and that scorer and that player Uh, come tournament time. So those are a couple of teams. You know, I I think that the Mid-American Conferences or the the, the uh, uh, Mid-Conferences are going to be a lot stronger in years to come, but this year it's going to be tough. So many guys transferred. The Ivy League Player of the Year is not in the Ivy League anymore. You know, Oral Roberts would have a great run. Their second-best player isn't even on the team anymore. So I think that the mid-majors got real hurt when you're talking about, uh-oh, well, you know, they, they got banged up because people just left in the transfer portal. The last team I want to mention is Houston. Houston is for real. Houston is a top-ten team. Houston will make a deep run, sweet 16, maybe Elite eight. Wouldn't count out a final four. I don't think we could call Houston and Gonzaga the majors anymore, Tim, but I do think that we should talk about
2: them. Well, Penny Hardaway at Memphis.
0: Yeah, yes, completely forgot. Yeah, Penny Hardaway in Memphis is that's a uh, <laughs> that's a very explosive team. I think that's a team that people are kind of brushing aside because it's Memphis, right? I mean, I just forgot about them. It's Memphis. It's easy to kind of forget about that team. Um, yeah, that's that's one of those teams, Tim. That I think it offers a little value, and all of a sudden we're going to be sitting there, and it's going to be. Oh, wait a minute, where did this team come from? The, the other thing I want to mention, by the way, since we're talking about you, you mentioned Hardaway, um, the best player in the country might be on a last-place team. The best player in the country, Tim, I know we went through the SEC real fast, might be Pippen Jr. He might be the best player in the country, and he's going to be on Vanderbilt, who uh, you know, will be last in the SEC. That's a weird, interesting scenario as well.
2: All right, Tom, let's give our final four predictions. I'll go ahead and start. This is my final four this year. I like Kansas to make the final four, Tom. Four returning starters. You said it, Remy Martin comes in at the point position from Arizona State. I think Bill Self has a good chance to win another national title with the Jayhawks. I like Villanova, Jay Wright right we have talked about this it's seems like every couple every uh, it looks like it's about every 3 years you put them right there in the with the in the mix of hoisting that trophy again Gillespie Samuel's Moore i love the offense there for Villanova i have um michigan well let me think I might have to change this one on the fly but let me go with michigan out of the big 10 um, look, Jawan Howard, great year last year. Lead eight. I think they got a couple bad calls in that game. It could have put them into the final four. So they have obviously a a circle around this season. Hunter Dickerson back in the middle for Michigan, and a couple good transfers there coming in to help with the firepower outside. And then I have Gonzaga. Tom, Drew Timmy, possible player of the year, Andrew Nemhard point guard position locked down they bring in Chet Holmgren the seven footer as a number one recruit and yes losing Tommy Lloyd a huge deal but Mark Few has got this under control and I think after what happened last year Tom I think Gonzaga gets it done I think they win the national title and keep an eye on Julian Strother the, the sophomore he's from Liberty High School here in Las Vegas I think he'll get a lot of extra playing time this year as he progresses into his position so those are my final four, but I have Gonzaga winning it. Tim, I
0: got a final four that
2: I went with one of each conference because I don't like to give give
0: somebody two, although I do believe someone's going to get two, right? Um, I'm going with Villanova and Kansas just like you. I see those two as the two uh, easily easiest roads to get there, we can say. The most complete teams with the best coaches, Villanova and Kansas. I don't have to piggyback more than what you said. I have Purdue winning the Big Big Ten. I have Purdue going to the Final Four. I am very high on this Purdue team. They're going to go through. I always talk about the ACC gauntlet. They're going to go through the Big Ten gauntlet. So they're going to be ready for the tournament. I think that they have Ivy is just absolutely fantastic. They are the one-two punch. And the last team, Tim, I thought about Michigan. I thought about Gonzaga. I didn't want to put two there. I was a little bit down on Gonzaga. I'm taking Tennessee in my ridiculous 50-to-1. Um, I think that this is a team that can gel. It can be that time for them. Now, that fourth spot could be Gonzaga and Michigan and Coach but I'll do that. Obviously, I don't have Tennessee winning it, okay, if I'm going with, with that. Where I'm looking right now, Purdue, Villanova, and Kansas are the three teams. I have already put money on Kansas, but I got them at 18-1. to and That was purely on value, Tim. That was strictly value. I would love to say two. I would love to do it, Tim. But Villanova's my winner. Jay Wright gets Gillespie back, and I believe in basketball karma. And basketball karma, Tim, tells me that losing an MCL, Gillespie going down, Villanova, you know what? You get a reboot, and here you go. Gillespie cuts down the neck.
2: I love it. I love it. What, what is Villanova odds?
0: Villanova, I actually uh, I have them at fourteen to one I bet. Okay. So just, just so everybody knows by, by, well, I don't give out I don't give out a lot of winners. I bet three teams for the national championship. Okay. I, I, I did not take Tennessee at crazy fifty to one odds. Um, I took him to win the SEC. But I bet three teams to win the national championship this year. But I bet Kansas Strictly because I got them at eighteen to one and I knew that their value was gonna dip. I could probably sell that ticket later on. So my two teams are Villanova and Purdue. I see Villanova and Purdue, I suggest you guys go out there and you go bet on fourteen to one and twelve to one and then you get an opportunity to edge on Villanova and Purdue.
2: All right, no West Coast team in the final four for Tom Barnes. So that means basic by virtue, if you figure it goes the way it's supposed to go Either Gonzaga or UCLA will be the number one seed in the West, which means Tennessee will have to knock them out of there. I love that matchup.
0: And I love that matchup, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's fine with me. Look, I know I'm high on this Tennessee team. I just I hope that people can sit back and go, you know what? Uh, if we look back to one year ago, the hype of Tennessee was just out of control. Well, why is, it, why is the Tennessee hype less this year? Because we all just assume that Coach Cal can come back with a random team and, and just get it done. We assume Alabama can lose the players that they lost and Arkansas can lose the players that they lost. Tennessee is, is that team that's coming back and they're coming back healthy. I think Tennessee's
2: going to shock a lot of people this year.
0: Uh, look, maybe I'm wrong and they don't make the, the Final Four. All they got to do is win the SEC for me to make money.
2: Tommy likes Villanova to win the national title. Tim's taking Gonzaga. We'll see how it pans out come March, Tommy. A great, great show as always. Let everybody know if, all the if details. If
1: O'Banner, I'm
0: sorry. if O'Banner came back, I was throwing a couple of bucks on all Rob.
2: Okay. <laughs> Give everybody the info, Tommy, on where you're at and where to find you.
0: Guys, it's TomBartonSports.com. TomBartonSports.com with Reno in the NFL today. Got a play up for tomorrow already. Make sure you go check out TomBartonSports.com. And please, go check out my YouTube channel. Just started it, really, uh, with the basketball previews. Every single conference uh, that, that you guys have just listened to, we're going to go preview in-depth there. Just click on subscribe on my YouTube link. Please watch the video and press subscribe at and Go check out Wagering Week. The podcast is Wagering Week. Thanks a lot, everybody.
2: Tommy Barton, TomBartonSports.com. For Brian, Tim Unglesby, have a great sports week. We're back Sunday night at 10 o'clock right here on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. That's Sunday night, 10 o'clock, Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Have a great week. Good night.